next episode of the so-called Oreos podcast. I'm Rachel Fowler. I'm Kia Swin. I'm Amari <laughs> Pollard. I'm Janae. Not saying my last name. Ooh. <laughs> I'm a serious. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode. Before we begin, is there anything new going on? How was your so me and Kia were previously talking and Kia was like, you need to share that because it's funny. Um, my week is fine. It's fine. But I've recently started using the dating app called Hinge, not sponsored by this show. But and you can if you want. Yeah, if you want. Like, not after this story. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, and I don't know if because I don't I don't think I told Amari and Rachel this. So you guys let me know what you think about this. Basically, I've decided since going on dating apps that a smart idea is to kind of try to limit the amount of talking that goes on in the apps, because I feel like in the past when I've been on, I don't know, just like Tinder You'll be talking to someone, you'll continue talking to someone, and then eventually it'll just kind of like fizzle out. So I was like, you know, to combat that, I'll just, you know, have a, a baseline conversation and then hit it with a let's meet up. What are you doing? Like, let's get together so we just won't have to spend a ton of time talking back and forth and can actually get FaceTime. So I got myself like all pumped up, found a guy. I was like, I'm ready. Conversation's decent. He seems cool. He seems nice. So now I was like, all right, time. Shoot a shot. Shoot a shot, 2020. So I finally like crafted this clever, like, oh, this weekend. Wow, it's so nice. I'm not busy. We should do something. And then he hits me with, oh, dope. I'd love to do something. Another text like five minutes later. But actually, I'm broke. So maybe rain check. When are you not going to be broke? That's but the question. Y'all live in the city. There are free things you can do. There are so many questions. Said, oh, go to a museum. Like, go to the Met. The Met's free, ask y'all. for recommendations. Pay what you can. <laughs> yeah. A dime, a dollar. There are so many issues. First of all, how are you living in New York? Two, if you're broke, you shouldn't be dating. I'm sorry. If y'all broke... <laughs> No, deadass. If y'all are broke, what are you doing? I'm confused. How are you expecting to take people out? And if you're not expecting to take people out, are you expecting them to pay for you? Because guess what? Who's not going to get a second date? Uh, You, dude. Because, like, I don't understand the logic here. And, 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 and when are you not going to be broke? And why did you tell you that? I'm sorry. There, there's so many things. In yeah, my... That's to know. Yeah. In my lady brain, I was like, am I being too shallow? No. But honestly... It's a huge turnoff. Um, so yeah, that was my brief foray for foray. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Into foray. hinge. Yes. Yeah, into yeah. dating. Yeah, yeah. Um, into hinge. I'm still on it. It's very it's overwhelming. It's getting very overwhelming for me, but you know I don't like hinge. You don't like why not? I was just weird. Like the whole like you like them and then like they have to like you, but then invite you to a conversation. There's like a lot of things that have to go on before you even like get into a space where you can talk. But again, I just don't think dating apps in general are particularly kind to black women. Here, so here. I'm just like very um, tired of the whole process. I get that. 100%. I think it would be cool if people would 
I mean, not like the league. Damn, I was basically going to say the pitch. Still not league. on the league. Okay, Still it's, not, on the league. it's not worth it. Did I recommend you or did someone else recommend you? Kia recommended me for the league and I I'm still waitlisted. Um, yeah, I went on the one day, the guy trash. was like an actor. And I'm like, again, bro, why are you on this app? <laughs> anyway, I try. I don't know. I can say a lot. I mean, I really give them like one week. So really don't take my recommendation. But like, I, I'm just confused on how you expect to go about things if you can't afford data. And that goes to even if you want to split the date, if you can't even split the date, then like I'm confused how how you plan to achieve your goal of dating someone. And maybe your focus shouldn't be be dating. You got to be creative. Yeah. And if you are, be creative, like go on a picnic, make a goddamn sandwich, figure it out. I don't know. (laughs) And that for me, it was more so not about the fact that he didn't have money, because listen, stuff ebbs and flows. I get it. Like we're young in New York City. There's some weeks where I'm broke, too, but I'll be creative. I'll still make a way to see my friends and say, like, let's do something that's relatively free. And I know all of us have done that in the past. So it's kind of just like for me, it was more of a turnoff that he lacked the creativity to even like tell you that it was just like, like he could have had a suggestion or something, but it was just like, Mm -hmm. I'm broke. But then then the thing is, it's it's not necessarily that he lacked creativity this man just wanted to hook up with you that's, damn, that's <gasps> amari no I'm, are you really shocked today? i've been played <laughs> i've been had like, he didn't want to take you on a date he wanted to call you over and damn, have you come over that's so true shit well, i'm like giving was, all these was he expecting you to say oh it's okay i'll we can like, let, i'll just come to you my place oh my god that's not in my place that's totally what he was expecting he was saying that's oh, free i'm broke and you were gonna say oh that's cool you could just chill in my place or i could just come over there we could chill and he was gonna shoot his shot there but nah oh, cheat on him first 2020 <laughs> what's good <laughs> don't listen <laughs> <laughs> Black women cheat 2020. Ignore Kia and her slogan. <laughs> you know, I ain't the one.com because that didn't work. He said, That's amazing. He said, I'm broke. I said, LOL, okay. That was it. He that was, was like, it. try to get it on to the next one. Yeah, I was like, LOL, okay. Damn, yo. That's it. But anyway, maybe we should move on to the topic because we've strayed. Yeah, let's. Well. Okay, well, it's still Black History Month, y'all. So this week in Black History. Okay, February 10th, 1927, attorney Ronald Brown was elected national chairman of the Democratic Party and became the first African-American to hold the post. Brown was later appointed Secretary of Commerce under the Klan administration in 1994. He served in this capacity until he was killed in 1996, where he and 32 others died in a plane crash on diplomatic mission in Croatia. I thought that was really interesting. Sad that he died, but um, that he worked for uh, Clint and I researched him and I was like, wow, I never knew this. Black History Month. Okay, another little fact for you. February 12th, 1900, for a Lincoln birthday celebration, James Weldon Johnson wrote the lyrics for Lift Every Voice and Sing Mm -hmm. with music by his brother, Jay Rosamond. The song was first sung by 500 children in Jacksonville, Florida, and it later became known as the Negro National Anthem, which we all know. Anyway, that's it for this week in Black History. Uh, Or wait, this week in Black History, but it's actually this month in Black History. 
Okay, so this week I kind of went off script. Script. I didn't come up with any specific black individual that whose work I'm admiring. Um, I think since Kobe died, I've been thinking a lot about you know all these great things that we each are trying to move towards or have in our minds. And I think you know uh, Kobe's greatness is different from a lot of other people's greatness. And I think we don't appreciate the small incremental things that go into our everyday lives and just being in the working world. So I just want to celebrate everyone who like gets up in the morning and goes to work and like puts on their clothes and like tries to do their best. And like, maybe that's their greatest thing for that day. Um, so I just want to celebrate the like, everyday man and woman. Um, Cause I don't think they get enough credit. Amen to that. Wow. Yeah. Actually. That's Thank you. Huge. That's important. You know, definitely. Been having some existential crises lately, so you know, <laughs> just yeah, thinking this, about a lot. Yeah, this Kobe death is hitting everybody. Yeah, got me thinking too. Thinking mm-hmm. about a lot. Definitely. All I- right. Well, it is Black History Month, and we're dedicating this episode to Black History Month. Honestly, oh, every month should be Black History Month. Exactly. So Black History Month is just kind of like a y'all giving us like love it but i think we should incorporate the celebration of blackness into every day every day yeah for mm-hmm. sure but i mean in this month we're gonna turn up and be blackity black you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. hey. janae you want to give us a little history on black history month yeah i mean in talking about doing this episode for me the biggest question was why february for black history month it's it's always kind of been like a snarky joke i feel like people have said when they talk about you know they gave us the shortest month for black history month so that's just always been a point of curiosity for me um but according to history.com black history month also known as african american history month um the event grew from negro history week the brainchild of noted historian Carter G. Woodson and other prominent African-Americans. Excuse me. Since 1976, every U.S. president has officially designated the month of February as Black History Month. Other countries around the world, including Canada, the U.K., um, also celebrate Black History Month. Um, known today um, as the Association of the Study of African American Life and History, the group sponsored by the National Negro History Week in 1926 chose the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. The event inspired schools and communities nationwide to organize local uh, celebrations and establish history clubs and host performances and lectures to you know, celebrate the week. Uh, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month in 1976, calling upon the public to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of Black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout history, area and endeavor, sorry, throughout history. Uh, The Black History Month 2020 theme, African-Americans and the vote, is in honor of the centennial anniversary of the 19th Amendment, 1920, uh, granting women's suffrage and the sesquench... 
Wow. I don't know what that word is. Sesequincentennial. I don't know. But if you sing it, it sounds better. <laughs> of the 15th Amendment, giving black men the right to vote. I kind of love the. I was researching this, too, and how... Um, Every year there's a theme for Black History Month, which I did not know. But I, I had like no clue. How this year, since it's an election year, it's um, the theme of African-Americans and voting. And it is 100 years after the 19th Amendment, which <coughs> granted women the right to vote. And I also researched that Frederick Douglass had a lot to do with that mm-hmm. and helped a lot with um, women's voting. So I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, 15th Amendment, giving black men the right to vote. And then when did... Black women, I guess. Y'all know we were last. It don't matter. I love Amari's face. She's so like. (laughs) I mean, I was trying to figure it out, like how much later, but I guess it would be the women, right? 1920. 1920. But but black women weren't. You mean white women? Yeah, it was white women who were. Yeah, so black men, then white women. Yeah, so then what amendment for us? Anyway, yeah, that's a cool little history of Black History Month because I think we all are like, why February went. Even in school, no one ever told us, like, the history of Black History Month. It's just, like, February is Black History Month. That's about it. But it's, like, oh, it has a purpose, not just the shortest month of the year, but it's, like, Lincoln's birthday and Frederick Douglass. So, and it started as a week first, and then we got a month. So, actually, pretty much good progress (laughs) in terms of getting a whole month celebration. I don't know. Look at the gap, not the game. No, look at the game, not the gap. You know? All right. <laughs> I've never I'm heard tra- that saying. I'm trying. Oh, I read an article about manifesting. <laughs> and <laughs> it was talking about looking at um, when you accomplish something, look about look at the gain. Like, look at what you gained. Oh, not, like, the gain. Look at the gain. I you said the game. No, no, not the game because you'll probably lose. But look at the gain, <laughs> not, the gap. Thought, not the gap. Not the gap. Okay. Very, okay. Sorry. My Look ears are clogged too, so. I do want to pose a question to the group, though, because for me personally, let's bring it back to the Oreos, you know, us being Oreos and all that. For me, Black History has always been a hard, Black History Month has always been a hard month because it was always the month where my otherness would be pointed out in school. It was like, oh, Black History Month is coming, so that means it's time for us to talk about Black history. And as being the only Black person in the class, it's time for everyone to look at you and ask you questions. So for me, Black history has always been more of a month of like... Even till this day after school? It is, and it's... It's a, an unconscious feeling, I'd say. Really? Yeah. Even to this day? It's like an automatic, like, mm, and then I'm like, wait, don't do that. Oh, wow. But to this day, it's still kind of like, oh, it's Black History Month. And That's I'm not saying that I hate it or dislike it or God, no. But it definitely is like, it's a reminder of the my childhood. Past. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a reminder of like the childhood. I guess you could say trauma yeah. behind it. But For yeah. Sure. Well, how do you, How do you guys feel about Black History Month? I do I do get where you're coming from being growing up in a predominantly white school and people always like look towards you during this particular month. But I always think I just kind of went about my business during this month. Mm. And I kind of feel that same way as an adult is that like I celebrate black history, but like I celebrate black history in my everyday life. So to me, in a sense, it's like black history month is important, especially since like we don't have the recognition that we deserve. Um 
but I look more towards it as being, even though it started for ourselves, I look at it, look at it more as like being for white people. Mm. Like, I don't know, like for, like for them to part, like for, I don't know. And so for weird white way. people and to acknowledge that, us. Right. For white people to acknowledge us. Cause I acknowledge us in our everyday. Um, and I can amplify that during uh, black history month, but you know, I think everything I do or try to create is with like black people in mind and like thinking about that history. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't know. Rachel, what My about you? My experience was different. Um, cause I grew up going to predominantly black school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't for, uh, my teachers in elementary school, um, teaching me about, um, like Rosa Parks, Martha Luther King, Michael Max, Frederick Douglass, um, the civil rights movement, I don't think I would have learned about it about in that time because it wasn't really talked about in my house. Mm. It wasn't really celebrated at home, but in school, I was able to learn about it and celebrate it at school. Um, But it stopped around fifth grade in middle school, high school. Um, My teachers never really um, touched much about, um, touch a lot on black history and, um, you know, what people who were there before us, what they went through, even though I went to a predominantly black school, it, I guess it wasn't really on the curriculum. Um, Oh, wow. And like, to go back to what you said, you said it wasn't like really celebrated at home. Do you think that's because you're like of uh, Haitian parents, like immigrant parents? I think so. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because during that time, um, my parents came to America after the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. So they didn't, we know much mm. because they were in Haiti. So mm. that could be, yeah, I, I give them that. That was another, that is the reason why I didn't learn it at home. But mm. I'm grateful that I was able to learn it at school. Mm. Wow, that's, I feel like that's all super different. I don't know. Um, yeah, we had, I can definitely resonate with um, Black History Month and having people like stare at you during class which I still don't get why white people do don't that get it. Um, but yeah like it's a black thing and you're just like damn all the kids are just staring at me that's the thing I remember um, I remember learning the same thing over and over and over yeah. again like Rosa Parks mm-hmm. uh, George Washington Carver I mean maybe Zora a little in high yeah. school Frederick like, Douglass in there yeah, Malcolm like, X is the main Martin Luther King obviously because white people yeah. worship him sorry back, I but- met Martin Luther King not Malcolm X. Yeah. They didn't talk yeah, about, they didn't talk about, about Malcolm X. About Malcolm X. They did but not. they worship MLK like they loved him. Yeah. But also killed him. Anyway. Um, so it's it was like that. It was like, oh, this is the same thing. And it wasn't until after school where I would actually Twitter, like honestly, Twitter has opened my eyes to a lot of things. Twitter raised key. I'm just saying that Twitter has opened my eyes to like a lot of the ways people think, um, a lot of information. But I remember um Friday Hampton trending on Twitter and I was like who the fuck is Fred Hampton and I was like why is this like you know I click on every trending thing I'm like who is this and I started researching it and I was like oh my god I never knew about Fred Hampton I had no idea like he was like 21 22 when he died he had a child he was part of the Black um, Panther movement uh, predominant figure in that basically the FBI like murdered him and and he was like shot brutally like and I was like how have I never heard the story no one in my family has talked about the story no one in school has talked about this and it just made me kind of research more and more about what of black history I was never taught and that kind of made me a little sad that I was never taught this Mm -hmm. but then also after 
after college, I would say Black History Month, it would always get me excited because at my previous job, um, they would finally include us in brainstorms and be able to do different projects. So I would always take that time to work on my personal projects. And um, even now, I just like seeing like the energy and the events. I think it makes me happy. Like, you know, I know for Saturdays, let's last word yeah this past saturday i like seeing the different events and it doesn't come off as cheesy to me maybe that's just my personal thing but i like seeing the energy and like the energy that people are around celebrating their history i think it's super positive so i think it's like kind of reshaping the childhood trauma i guess and Mm -hmm. then seeing how i can implement that so maybe that encourages me to be a little more productive in my side hustles because a lot of my products are surrounding black people and stuff like that um I, I had a little story to share about <laughs> Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Um, so, you know, growing up and, and, and now that I'm thinking more, I think that this had like a contributing uh, factor in really why. OK, I'm, I'm, go, I'm going out of, out of line. But anyway, I had this uncle um, who he was our math tutor for a minute. Zach, um, rest in peace. Uh, but he used to come and give us little black history moments where he would tell us about how, you know, black people created the Pythagorean theorem and how it was Egyptians who originally started that. And then white people stole it. And he would just really, as he was um, as he was tutoring me, my brother and sister in math, he would also rope in little black facts here and there that were a little bit more radical now that I think back. Um, so in, I think it was eighth grade, um, I had a, a project for Black History Month and it was basically like, look up a, a leader and tell their story. And I, now what I was saying before, thinking back, I think having such a slightly black radical force in my life at the time really encouraged me because while I was looking on the internet, I found something that said Malcolm X was killed by the government, right? That it was white people that assassinated him. Um, And that's what I wrote down on my paper. And I stood up and read it in front of my very white class and my, you know, 60 something year old white male teacher. And I was like, the government, white men killed Malcolm X. And he, his face turned beet red and he screamed at me and failed me and told me I had to write the paper again. But in his defense, I mean, that wasn't accurate. No? Yes. (laughs) I mean, it's a debatable topic. Yeah. But I think in his defense, like he is a teacher and there are some credible facts too. There are okay, if he wants to if he wants to fail me, then show me the credible facts before you fail me. There are I think there are credible facts on both end of it, but I do not think that it's appropriate to scream at a child in front of the class. Oh, I mean that's I not that's, that's not a that's not an appropriate and, response. And I think in general Malcolm X's death, I did we ever catch who killed Malcolm yeah. X? The guy was, he just got out of jail not too long ago. Okay. But I, I don't know. I, I still feel like on each side, there are some, we all know that the government was like tapping Malcolm X's home and, and doing stuff like that. They were more afraid so, of Malcolm X than they were Martin Luther King. Exactly. We all know that. The government yeah, had so. a part to play in a lot of terrible things that happened to Malcolm X. So they may not have killed him, but... 
you know, there was, there was some evidence there and the way that he went about it <laughs> Why was am I like, I hope no one listens wrong. to this podcast <laughs> and the government and comes for us. <laughs> the government is just going to label you as a black uh, national extremist. Yeah. Remember they we're were gonna labeling get, people like that? I'm yeah. Like, oh. They see my Twitter. I'm definitely on that yeah, list. Yeah, I'm a black nationalist. <laughs> oh nothing, my god! I'm not trying to kill. I'm trying to mind my business and be black. That's basically about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not appropriate to scream, but um, yeah. I guess he was he he. That was his initial reaction. That was, was like, his initial oh my reaction. god, this girl. Like yeah. these white parents are probably gonna come after me. Exactly. Like, that that was his initial reaction as a white man, not as an educator. That was a moment to take me aside and said, don't and say, don't believe everything that you read on the internet. Here are some more credible sources. And on top of that, there is a small piece of validity in what you said because the government did have. I don't think he's going to say all that now. Well, he should have. I don't think we can lower our I do think, on I, that. I don't know. I do think that. <sighs> That teachers need to, I don't know, rethink the way they approach kids, especially when they come up with them to them with new information or just mm-hmm. like when especially when it comes to discussing, I think, like black history, black narratives and all that stuff, because I've dealt with a lot of teachers who I've, I've had arguments with in the middle of class because they don't like my perspective, which is valid. My I'm like and you come there with facts. So I think like that may have been jarring for him, but if he was a good educator, like Janae said, he would have talked to you outside of class and not in front of everyone. And mind you, I was in eighth the only grade. Ch- you were the only black child there. Yeah. You're screaming at her. Yeah. Well, I think this goes back to our whole episode about education and yeah, black people. 100%. I think a lot of times, like, like we discussed, like teachers aren't even taught how to address kids who are quote unquote other. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of, it wasn't a similar story, but it's a story that I remember to this day because it was so messed up. But I was in fifth grade and two things that happened, I remember. One was like, they were talking about slavery and uh, one of the little, one of the white students raised their hand and said like, hey, aren't the founding fathers bad people since they were slave owners? Mm. And the teacher was like, well, not all slave owners are bad. And like, for I will never forget that because even in fifth grade, I was like, that's wrong. Yeah. Um, but like, what am I going to do? I'm like in fifth grade. I'm not going to like take on the whole class by myself. So I just sat there and was like, I can't believe she just said that. Yeah. But like, who are like, why would you like, why would you say like to teach this kid that slavery was partially OK? Mm-hmm. In what way is it OK to own a he? I mean, that's a whole other story. But like, what's wrong with you? And the other thing is like they were talking about. I guess they were talking about light skinned slaves, dark skinned slaves, oh the God. paper bag test, um, all that stuff. They would separate the light ones and yeah. whatever. And this little girl, she, I will never forget that she looks at me, right? And I'm like, this little <laughs> she's bitch is about she's to say, say something. something. And she raised her hand. And she's like, well, what would Nikia be? Because she's light skinned. I don't know what the response is because I probably just blacked out. But I was like, who raised you? That's what it is. Who, who raised, raised you? you? Okay, who raised you to be <laughs> to say something like that? Yeah. Like, what would you be? I was just like, what? And again, the teacher probably didn't handle it well because I remember it to this day. Um, but yeah, that, that also happened. So not good looking school. So basically, yeah, hopefully other people growing up today, black history um, is taught a little bit better and uh, addressing the black students a little better during, especially during this month. So, yeah. yeah. Um, 
But does anyone else have any high school stories or elementary school stories of how black history was taught? Or what did you learn besides the basics? Was anyone taught like something that wasn't basic? I would love to learn that because that seems like a common theme. That wasn't basic? can't remember what I was taught, to be honest. And we didn't even really learn about slavery. The only time slavery was mentioned um, was the, the Emancipation Proclamation. That was the only time... That was the only time that we would learn about slavery, that the reason was because it was to end slavery. Mm. Um, but, you know, we had to learn about, like, when it began and how it started and all that stuff. We didn't learn about. I, I will say that a, a huge memory that I have from, you know, Black History Month growing up, I was when I was younger, I was in um, this program called, I believe, Delta Gems. And it was when members of Delta Sigma Theta basically take younger girls and teach them the principles of um, Kwanzaa and teach them about um, Black history and um just important principles to live by and, and, and really infuse them with blackness in general. And we took a trip to uh, Howard University. And during that trip, we were able to take a tour of the campus and we went to the Smithsonian. And like the, the biggest thing that I remember is we went to the I, I believe that it was a slavery museum. Um, and it was one of the most surreal and jarring things that I've ever seen because they had actual like wax statues of slaves modeling things that they wore and the type of contraptions that were put on their body to torture them basically. And they had a lot of those artifacts just left over and you can just walk through and basically look at our history and the way that we were treated. Um, and it, it's actually so weird looking back at how black history was treated because I do specifically remember in school, it was like you had February was split in half, right? So it was like the beginning was talking about slavery and then the end was talking about civil rights and how in the beginning of that month, it was very, I, I guess this is kind of smart the way educators set it up where in the beginning it's talking about slavery, you know, everything terrible about it. And then it kind of ends on a higher uplifting note talking about how people of color Black people specifically really fought for their space in this country. Um, so, yeah, that trip was it was a lot, but it was really, really good. And I was young for that trip. I, I Yeah, it's a lot to take in as a child. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a lot to take in just to see. I remember me and my mom were looking at like the shackles that they had that they would have to wear on their wrists and feet. And their their shackles are so small. Yeah, I like yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Or just the way that Africans were crammed into boats. The boats, yeah. How they lay them out and yeah. pile them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely traumatic. Ooh, no, no, sorry. What's up? You just saying that reminded me of some traumatic... I think I might push that back to the like back of my mind. You know, when you have some traumas that you just like avoid. Yeah. And then you don't remember. Yeah. You guys were just talking about the slaves in the boats. And I just remember in class... Sorry to cut you off today. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Um, no, yeah, I just remember them showing us like images of how the bodies were laid out in the boat so that they, you know, they had the most efficient 
means of like taking up space and so they could fit as many slaves in the boat. But I remember this one specific portrait that my fifth grade teacher made us look at for maybe like 10 minutes and it was of this slave and he was just like hunched back and you could like his skin was all raised so you could see all the the whip marks um and it was just like me and another little black boy and I had to leave the room because it just like made me feel so like I think I know exactly what I think it's a famous famous photo yeah but do you now I'm thinking about it like maybe um I mean, we'll go into like, what do you, what do you wish you have learned during Black History Month? But also like, this is a lot for like children to take in. And I think what educators don't realize is that when like white kids see this, it's a different reaction than how we see it. Because when we see it, it's like, that's your ancestors. Like that's people who related to you. And that's someone who looks like me. That's someone who looks like me. And if I was in this time frame, I would be doing the exact same thing. Whereas a white person would just be like that, man, that's kind of messed up. But it's like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of trauma to to put on a child yeah. and I think they don't really understand that but it's hard because these are lessons that need to be taught Talk. for as sure as gruesome and uncomfortable as they are they're things but there's a way to, to go taught. about it and to be a little extra sensitive like yeah. maybe pull aside the only black child in the class and be like hey I know that's a lot to take in just want to know if you want to talk about it or something mm-hmm. but not to just be like here this was messed up shove it in your face and digest it and write an article on about it you know yeah. what I'm saying so like what, there's ways to go about you, it what do you think is an appropriate age to um, talk about slavery to your, your child or a child. Um, I think we can talk about it, but just again, the way you approach it. So maybe like, don't just be like, hey, slaves were like murdered, raped, and like traumatized, but like be like, hey, you know, um, if you, they're super young, I would address it like, okay, like back in the day, you know, Europe was super greedy and like, <laughs> I don't know, stole people and it was really messed up and like they had to go through that, this, but like luckily with like their you know, over time and the civil rights movement, we're not in that same position anymore or something. I just don't think like shoving images or like going about it is is super traumatizing. And there's just a way to like care and be a little sensitive, kind of how you would approach sex. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like you, the way you approach sex to a fourth grader is different than an eighth grader. I think it's just to be caught like aware of like, that sensitive topic especially if you're an educator and especially knowing that like you know if I was teaching such a sex education and there was a transgender child I would probably you know make sure that child is comfortable extra comfortable than the other kids because that topic is a little sensitive so I think it's just ways of going about that but um yeah that's my little spiel yeah I think it's just like again I think you just have groups of people that tend to consider other people more so like you being a black woman and you're saying like oh if there if i was teaching sex education or there's a transgender kid you would try to you would think thoughtfully you would thoughtfully plan out your your lesson plan so that child doesn't feel ostracized or uncomfortable but i think you just like have a lot of educators who don't as we've already talked about before just like don't look at things from like for sure. I don't know. And I wish yeah. those people would just think a little more about if you decide to go in a, a place with children and sensitive subjects, you would be aware of that. But I guess not. But anyway, is there anything that you guys wish you were really taught? I know we discussed slavery and the typical Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. But like, is there anything mm. else or a particular person that you really wish you learned during Black History Month? I have one. 
Um, I wish that we were taught more about uh, the Black Panther Party. For sure. Um, Because I I didn't learn about the Black Panther Party until I was in college, really. I mean, I had known bits and pieces. I, I relatively knew who they were, but I did not really deep dive until I had to write a 20 page paper about something in college and I picked the Black Panther Party and then I did all this research and realized how much the Black Panther Party gave back to the community in lieu of knowing your rights, self-defense. They started so many after school programs that we still use today. Schools, kids having free lunch in inner city schools. That's something the Black Panther Party started. And the same thing with really taking care of the elderly in their community. Once again, things that the Black Panther Party really, really pushed for. Um, So that's a big thing that I wish that we pushed. Groups like that, that were looked at as, you know, extremists, that in reality really took extreme measures to help their community. For sure. So I think that's a great one. Like I said, Fred, Fred Hampton and the Black Panther movement. Mm-hmm. I also wish we were taught um, just the effects of slavery because I think it's just like, mm. this is slavery, but I think people need to be aware, especially um, the white students, like slavery still has an effect to our society today. Yeah, And like, this is why we need the affirmative action program. It all roots back to slavery. And I know they hate, why is it back to slavery? Because it is. And that's the the reason, like, obviously. But I wish they were just taught, like, this is still a super messed up thing and it's still affecting our society today. Y'all good? Yeah, you okay, Amari? Oh, sorry. I thought my mic was as far away enough where you guys wouldn't hear it. Nah, girl, we heard it loud and clear. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should have left the room. Um, what are some things that you guys wish that you guys would have learned? You know, I feel like I had to do a lot of like, like research myself on just like black history and being black in America. So, but like from a young age, so I get confused by like, what I had to teach myself and what I learned from my educators. Mm. So it's like, I can't even tell you what I wish I knew. Um, Cause I don't know, you know, how that information got into my hands necessarily. Um, but I do wish that kind of touching on what, how, what Kia already said, I wish that it was framed differently. You know, like they make it seem like all this shit happened so far, like so long ago, but the civil rights was just in the 60s, which is, is so not true. even 100 years ago. Bro, my parents were born in the 60s. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And I, it's like, so you have you have civil rights, but then you have like, I think it was, so it's like, what, four, is it 400 years of slavery? And then you have 100 years of Jim Crow laws. Mm-hmm. And then you have the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit's not going to go away ever. Like, ever. So I, I just wish they changed the way they, they prefaced it. For yeah. sure. Rachel, you? I wish, yeah, I wish I learned more about um, Black authors, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. Black authors who wrote about being Black and how Black is beautiful. Um, and I think that would have helped me. And I know a lot of young Black boys and girls know how to love themselves and love the color that they're in and their hair. Um we didn't, I didn't, for me, I didn't read a lot of novels and, and, um, fiction books written by black authors. And as an adult, I feel like I'm catching up. Mm-hmm. I just have like so much to read, but, um, I wish I was introduced to black authors as a, as a child. 
Amen. Hopefully that's implemented in the future. Is there anything else you guys want to say on the topic or like things for the future for Black History Month? I wish we all like (laughs) were happy, more happy about it, I guess. Like take the childhood trauma and like transition it into like something more positive. (laughs) Kind of how people do Juneteenth celebrations in the South. I think that would be super helpful and just more education in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think for me moving forward, it is more about, um, you know, educating myself and and really sitting in it and moving away, like you said, moving away from that trauma. And instead of having the knee jerk kind of cringe feeling toward it, having like a embracing it a little bit more, because like I said, love us. Every day is Black History Month in my world. But hey. when the month comes around, I definitely get a little bit like, who's going to ask me to do something because I'm black? Okay. Yeah. And that, uh, yes. And that is an issue. That's an like, issue. Other like entities capitalizing on our blackness and our black voices only during this month. This happens like, at that, my job every February. Uh, every yeah. February. Yeah. It's so annoying. I can't tell you, like, you just said the amount of people who reached out to me to write articles for Black History Month. And then I realized, like, it's literally because I'm the only black writer on your roster. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because you'll pitch stuff in June. You, four, you get ignored four months down the re- line yeah. remember i pitched something at our old job and literally i'm not even joking march one did not get a response yep. i was like bro really y'all are making it that yep. blatant that you don't give a f about me yep. unless it's february it was yep. so blatant it was just like it was actually really disgusting yeah mm-hmm. and it, it was it's- it was the same exact thing like you kia you tried to do multiple things at oh, our job I've and then done, it done hit crazy thing. march 1st and it was like it was yep. almost like they had planned against me mm-hmm. to not not even respond it was actually quite gross i really should see them but whatever <laughs> um amari you sounded like you were gonna say something oh no um but yeah like part of me like when that happens i want to say no but i'm also like you know let me just cast that check. yeah like, like maybe i deserve I should... this money mm-hmm. like it's not making up for reparations, but like, I'm going <laughs> to take 40 acres in a mule, but I know for me, it was <laughs> like, it. they're not going to listen to me any other month. So I might as well capitalize on this, but yeah. it is frustrating to be like, mm-hmm. you're only inviting me to meetings. You're only letting me do stuff. You're only letting me interview people when it's February. And I know it once March one hits, you are, you guys are going to flat out ignore me, not even respond, just yeah. like ignore. Yeah. And then I had to get another white person to be like, call them out on it. And they were like, made up some lie about how they didn't see the email or something. I'm like, oh, okay. You guys are just blatantly like messed up. Mm-hmm. It's really messed up. But Rachel, anything else you want to add? No. That's not, I just love being black. Hey. <laughs> yes. Love being black. Well, Rachel, take it away. On this segment of Time to Talk Mental Health, I'm going to briefly talk about what you need to know about your family history of mental health and how you can better understand your family mental health history. Emory Emory University School of Medicine posted an article about family history of mental health. In the article, mental health is defined as a category of diseases or disorders known to cause mild to severe disturbances in thought and or behavior, which can result in an inability to cope with the ordinary demands and routines of life. We have to remember that mental illnesses are multifactorial illnesses caused by 
the interaction of various genetics and environmental factors. Causes may include stress, genetic factors, biochemical imbalances, or a combination of these. At this time, no genetic tests are available for mental health or mental illnesses. That also means prenatal diagnosis is not possible. How can you better understand your family mental health history? According to National Institute of Mental Health, learning about your family history is one of the best ways to understand your risk of developing mental disorders and many common illnesses. Believe it or not, certain mental illnesses tend to run in families and having a close relative with a mental disorder could mean you are at a higher risk. So here's what you can do to better understand your family's history. Talk to your blood relatives, your grandparents, parents, aunt, uncle, siblings, and talk to a mental health professional who can help you understand risk factors and preventative factors. So continue to learn about your family's history. Pay attention to science in your friends, families, and especially yourself. As an adult, I've learned how important it is to talk to someone. And that's why I always encourage you all to do the same. That's all for Time to Talk. For talking mess, I didn't have anything. Because <laughs> you, you got it out in the beginning. Was I talking mess? Yeah, that that was that was my little talking. Are there any other um, experiences or, um, you know, situations from the apps that you would like to share? Any situations from the apps? Any situations? Any other situations that you would like to share? (sighs) Or anything you've been aware of? It is Valentine's Day coming up. It is Valentine's Day coming up. You know, something that I have been aware of that I'm sure we can all relate to or maybe talk about is is basically how important it is to um, get good with yourself before you go out here trying to to look for others and to basically know what you'll stand for and what you won't stand for. Oh, yeah. Because I definitely think about myself with that guy who is basically like, you know, um, I'm broke. And I think about Janae a few years ago and how Janae a few years ago would have maybe like given him a second chance, like would have been like, oh, that's OK. Rain check. And then maybe have texted him like a few days later oh, wow. or something like yeah, that. That's definitely growth. Yeah. And, and now I'm just mm-hmm. kind of like, no, you know. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm I I don't get that turned me off and it's okay to be turned off by mm-hmm. something like that and then just move forward from it. You don't owe him anything. Mm-hmm. So, that's something that I've been seeing a lot in I myself. think the more you like cut down on like experience, like situations like that, mm-hmm. it just opens the opportunity for better people to come in. And I yeah. think that's the same with like jobs, um, friendships. Like, you know, everyone's really sad about losing a friend, but I always feel like if there's someone I have to cut out, there's a reason. And that just opens the opportunity for me there to make my other friendships stronger or to make a new friend. I think there's ways to like see that. So if like that person is wasting your time, cut that real quick because it's not going to get better. The chances of that turning into anything is like 0.01%. And it's crazy because I know for so, so, so long, I would be over here making excuses for people. I'd be like, oh, this one situation happened. But if you cut them off, you know, this, this could be... 
y'all's situation. This could be your little funny story that you tell in the beginning nah. and then it grows into something. And it's like, that girl, stop happens. polluting yeah. yourself. Like, If you got to do all that for a story. If you like... have to do all of that for a love story, then it's completely, <laughs> you're, desperate. you're desperate. It's you're not desperate. worth it. Um, Rachel, how's Atlanta treating you? You moved down. Atlanta's treating me very well. I have no complaints so far. No complaints so far? I just love being, that I'm able to be in a new city. Um, it's just it's just so refreshing. And um, one of my old coworkers texted me today, um, you know, just to see how I'm doing. And I told him that I'm, like, adjusting the best way that I can. And... I'm also like learning a lot about myself as I'm doing it. And it's almost been a month since I actually know yesterday marked a month um, since I've been already. Wow. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I can't believe it's been a month. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, how are we doing on our goals? New Year's resolutions. Oh. <laughs> I'm the annoying, uh, happy friend. She said that. And I was like, ah, what goals are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, you know, as long as we're bettering ourselves anyway, that's all we can ask for. 2020. Better yourself. 2020. Another so-called Oreos hashtag coming to you soon. Merge out in soon. We said manifesting. <laughs> and listen, we're, we're getting there. That's all I'm going to say. We're getting there. That's all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. We're getting getting there. That's all I'm going to say. I told you. I told you manifesting. It's happening. It's happening. (laughs) I was, I would be more productive in my goals if I wasn't sick for literally four weeks. So, you know. Yeah, that that sucks. That kind of hit me. The sinusitis, whatever. Sinusitis. Am I saying that right? I don't know. Something with the sinuses. (laughs) It hit me and it's been uh, like three to four weeks. I'm like, I've been sick 95% 95 percent of 2020 but it's okay i'm getting better um i had for this is for rachel and amari i had shared with kia earlier that i have been working on my goals and i'm specifically happy about um keeping a little financial planner slash diary and and budgeting myself and writing yes. down i have one too yes one too. Okay. look yes. at that it's helpful. It's happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, really helpful. And it's very, um, I don't know, it, it's been helping me see how much money I actually do have and helping me see how easy it can be to save money mm-hmm. if you oh. just pay attention. I am the queen of saving money. Just ask my family. Save money queen. It's fun. It's fun. You got it. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun when you look at that bank account and you're like, oh, I ain't spending on dumb stuff. See, this is my least Capricorn tendency. I just know. I've always been a hoarder of money. No, I ball out. I'm, I'm bad with savings. So Amari, you'll have to teach me. I can teach Seriously. you. I mean, I'm also very like cheap. So my thing is like, just stay inside. I'm cheap. <laughs> Amari's like, don't have friends. Don't, don't date, go outside. Don't socialize. Stay inside. And that's how you save that money. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, you, any goal updates? Any goal updates? Um, I did go to the gym about what four times so far. What? Nice, nice. <laughs> the gym in that nice hey, apartment complex. Getting to the gym is hard. It is. Baby steps. I'm actually supposed to go after this. Yes. Okay. Good luck to you. Good Thank for you. you. I'm gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we out this All bit. Right. We out. Yeah. 
Rachel, take Thank us. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on all social media at SoCallOreos. And you can email us at SoCallOreos at gmail.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and Google Play. And please, please, please remember to like, rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Until next time, bye. 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 bye.